Hello, welcome to Parsha on a Pod. My name is Yechiel Shafa. I'm the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation and host of this podcast. This week, we will be taking a look at Parshat Vayishlach, which loosely translates as, and he sent. Parsha focuses on Yaakov's transformation into Yisrael. If Yaakov is the name used to represent a quiet, timid, oppressed person, Yisrael is a name that speaks of a strong and unafraid persona. This tension, this dynamic, is present throughout the Parsha and, well, much of Jewish history. Vayishlach has 153 verses, it fills 237 lines in the Torah scroll, and is the eighth Parsha in the Torah. Here is Parshas Vayishlach in seven parts. Part 1. Brothers in Arms Yaakov prepares for a confrontation with his brother, Esau, by sending messengers to greet his adversary in advance of his approaching delegation. The messengers go and return with an observation. Esau is coming, accompanied by 400 soldiers. Yaakov prepares for the confrontation by dividing his camp in two and praying to the Almighty, praying to God. Yaakov asks his messengers to to give a specific message to Esau, found in chapter 32, verses 5 through 6. And upon their return, there seems to be no response from Esau to this message. The Sephorno, chapter 32, verse 7 suggests that the messengers telling Yaakov that Esau coming with 400 soldiers was the response to Yaakov's attempt at diplomacy. Esau was intent on war and didn't care about any messaging, didn't care about any messages from Yaakov. And so ends part one. by myself. An evening passes and Yaakov creates a strategy for his impending confrontation. He sends servants ahead with an overwhelming amount of gifts, implementing a strategy of diplomacy in the hopes of avoiding an impending aggression, a confrontation, a physical fight. Yaakov provides specific language and instructions again, including referring to himself as the Eved of Esau, as the servant of Esau, subservient to his brother. That evening, Yaakov takes his family across the Jabbok River and finds himself alone, or by himself. It is there he is confronted by a mysterious figure who fights with him all evening long until the sun rises. Yaakov, though injured in this battle, will not let his opponent leave without a blessing. It is at this moment Yaakov is given the name Yisrael. The Kliyakar, chapter 32, verse 29, says this new name is from the word Yashar, 
accentuating that Yaakov is defined by integrity, defined by his honesty. And so ends part two. Part three. I can tell that we're going to be friends. I can tell that we are going to be friends. Yaakov changes the name of the place he finds himself in and recognizes that the night-long struggle was a profound confrontation with a divine being. And he walks away injured and reflective. We are told that the descendants of Yaakov no longer consume the Gid Hanasha, the sciatic nerve, due to the fact that their ancestor was injured in that place. Yaakov now confronts his brother, bowing low in front of him. And Esau insists that he stands up and embraces him, kisses him, and asks, and asks who are all of these people? In chapter 31, verse 1. Yaakov raises his eyes and sees, behold, Esau is coming. The Malbim on that verse says that Yaakov saw that he was successful in his overnight spiritual struggle, suggesting that the fight that he had overnight was with the spirit of Esau. And he finds a newfound confidence that if he was successful in overcoming the spirit of Esau, he would be successful in overcoming the physical Aesop. And so ends part three. Part four. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Aesop questions Yaakov's motivations behind offering so many gifts. Yaakov explains that he had no nefarious intentions but rather was only interested in winning Esau's favor. Esau suggested that they travel together, to which Yaakov declines, politely, due to the size of his traveling camp and the slowness of everyone around him. Esau leaves for his home, Mount Seir, and Yaakov heads towards a place he eventually calls Sukkot. Though Yaakov builds a home there, a bias, Interestingly, he names the place Sukkot after the accommodations he provides for his animals, not for the people. Though the Orachayim is confused by this, in chapter 33, verse 17, he suggests that this is the first time a human being puts so much time, money, and resources into the well-being of animals. It is noteworthy because he doesn't just take care of the comfort of the people around him, but also the animals, ensuring they are protected from the elements. And so ends part four. Part five. Try to see things my way. Only time will tell if I am right or wrong. The daughter of Yaakov and Leah, Dina, leaves her home to meet with the local women. She is introduced to a handsome young prince, Shechem, who falls in love with her, and they have an intimate relationship. Yaakov and his sons are horrified 
by the treatment of Dina. Chamar, the father of Shechem, intervenes and asks Yaakov and his sons for an alliance, for them to marry their children to each other. Shimon and Levi suggest that they circumcise themselves, that the entire city prepares themselves for such an arrangement as a prerequisite to any agreement or marriages. Three days after the mass circumcision, circumcision, Shimon and Levi slaughter the entire city. Following this event, God tells Yaakov to move, to leave that location and settle in Bethel. And the locals leave Yaakov, Yaakov's family alone because they fear their might. Following this event, Yaakov builds a mezbeach, he builds an altar, and God reaffirms that Yaakov's name is now Yisrael. And so ends the dramatic part five. Part six, Mama Rachel. God promises Yaakov that he is part of the covenant that God made with Avraham and Yitzchak, and that this land beneath his feet was Yaakov and will be Yaakov's descendants. Yaakov heads towards Hebron, but on the way, his beloved wife Rachel goes into labor. It was a hard delivery that ultimately and tragically took Rachel's life. Binyamin is born and Rachel is buried on the side of the road. The twelve tribes of Israel are now complete, and the Torah reviews who exactly are the twelve sons of Yaakov. When Yaakov arrives in Hebron, we are told that Yitzchak is 180 years old, and he passes away, and was buried by Yaakov and Esav. Rashi, chapter 35, verse 29 points out that the story is not written in order, and he suggests that Yitzchak actually passes away much later, after the upcoming incident with the sale of Yosef. And so ends part six. Part seven, Sweet Child of Mine. This final Aliyah, of Parshat Vayishlach outlines the genealogy, the children and descendants of Esau, and offers us many details of the various positions that his descendants hold. The Or HaChayim chapter 36 verse 20 reflects upon the inclusion of, of all these details of all the descendants of Esau, and he suggests that the message of these verses, verses is to reflect upon the merits of Esau's lineage. The fact that Esau is a descendant of Avraham and Yitzchak serves him well, blesses his children and his descendants in having a large and prosperous family. Even if the covenants made by God and with Avraham and Yitzchak do not directly apply to him, he is blessed by association. And so ends Parshat Vayishlach. And so concludes Parsha's Vayishlach. My name is Yechiel Schaffer. This has been Parsha on a pod. If you enjoyed this or you found it helpful, 
please subscribe to our podcast on your local podcast platform and share it with a friend. Here is one final thought on the Parsha. This Parsha represents an important transformation, an important moment in the development of Yaakov into one of the Avot. We know that Avraham was gregarious and loving. Yitzchak was removed and sanctified. The question that begs to be asked is in whose mold will Yaakov live? Who will he try to replicate and live by? Though he is very nostalgic for his father's approach, though part of Yaakov desperately wants to be removed, desperately wants to live a sanctified, a distanced, an isolated life, his practical circumstances demand that he remains engaged with the world. And he can't deny that he is excellent at navigating the corruption around him, whether it's Lavan and his Avodah Zarah, his idolatry, Esav and his Shvichat Tamim, his murderous intentions, or Shechem and his Giloy Arayot, Shechem, and his uh, inappropriate relationships. Yaakov is skilled, is wise, and is capable in handling all of them. We hope you enjoyed the Parsha. We wish each of you a Shabbat Shalom, a wonderful Shabbos. This has been Parsha on a Pod, Parsha Vayishlach.